Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including basketball, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. All you have to do is head over to the website, or you can even use your mobile device. You just sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Really, Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley-oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! KD! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome back to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke. We are sitting here the morning after the draft. I'm here with Doug West. Doug, we were just talking a little bit before um, we started recording and we are talking about, we don't really know like what happened last night because there was a lot of movement. The Wolves came into the draft with four picks. They left with four players selected, but they only used one of the picks that they came into the draft with. Their other three picks all got traded and they ended up finding new ways to get players. But I think overall the value did end up pretty good. They came in with like 19, uh, 40, 48, and 50, and they left with 22, 26, 45, and 50. So I thought that the trades they made made good value. They used some future second-round picks to uh, move up, and then they gained some more second-round picks back when they – they traded back. So I think maybe in all they, if I have my mind wrapped around it, I think they used one future second round pick that didn't get replaced. Now the years might be different, but I think they are coming out with one less future second than they went into. So I think overall solid out. value. Um, yes. How are you feeling just waking up this morning, trying to wrap your head around what happened last night? Well, like, I'm, I'm glad that you understand how all of that went so you can explain it like you just did. Um, you know, uh, I feel good uh, with the draft. Um, you know, I think that uh, got some 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 players that can probably contribute uh, right away. It's going to be very interesting to see, uh, you know, especially when you come in with a, a Wendell Moore and a, and a Walker Kessler, you know, another a big um, that we've you know, we've talked about the, right. the need of a, of a big. Um, you know, and you have a big that has a presence at the, at the, at the rim, you know, he's a shot blocker. Um, you know, I thought Wendell Moore had an outstanding, uh, freshman campaign. Um, you know, early on, he was really the, the engine on that Duke team. And then, you know, had his little layoff there in the middle, but then he, he picked it up at the end. So, oh no, I thought it was a <clears throat> well, well thought out, uh, first move by uh, Tim Connolly. Um, yeah. so yeah. I, I think um, I kind of said going into the draft, I didn't, I'll just say this. I didn't really want Walker Kessler and okay. not because I didn't think he was a good player. I think he provided a lot of what the wolves need. Obviously he's probably the best defender in the draft for sure. The best rim protector in the draft. And then um, we also talk about rebounding. I mean, the wolves needed rebounding. <clears throat> I would have hoped that they <clears throat> just went out and got, someone in free agency for like cheaper and maybe use 
spend that pick on more of like an upside player or something like that. Um, so that's where I didn't kind of love it. Um, but once we took the pick, then it's like, okay, you sit down, you really think about what he can bring to the team. Um, the defense obviously is going to be great having some more size. He's going to come into the league and be one of the biggest players on the court. He's seven. Oh, for sure. He's over seven Seven. feet tall without shoes. He's got like 250 something pounds to him. So he's a big, he's a big dude. And the wolves just are a small team. So that part is for sure going to help there. The other thing is I think he's going to be one of the people in that range that can contribute sooner than say some of those other guys who might have a little bit higher upside. So I think that's a positive as well. Um, He also, he didn't shoot great, but he does have a, like his jump shot looks okay. And he wasn't, or he was willing to take them. Um, So I think there's a little bit of hope that he can um, be something that way and like be able to maybe range out to the mid range or maybe even step back and hit a three. Um, But regardless, if he can shoot at all, the defense is the reason that they drafted him. And I think that, I think it's an okay pick. I was okay with the pick after it happened and I thought about it. Um, there's a couple guys I wish they would have taken, but if it was me, I would have taken EJ Liddell at night 19, not have <laughs> traded, and he didn't go till 41. So again, what do I know? Yeah, it's always it's always interesting, you know, because um, you know, I put together a, a draft list uh, you know, for the for the for the network. And um, you know, you're you're close on some of those picks. Um you know, some of those picks didn't even didn't even make it in that lottery selection there. Uh, so it's always interesting because you never know really what a team's looking for, what their needs are and what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, right. You know, there's always, you know, something's always going on behind the scenes that we don't find out about until later on. Yeah. And I think it's it's tough. I mean, that's why it's a draft like there. No, you're never going to be able to fully predict what happens. Um and it did seem like there was a lot of steam to the Walker Kessler pick coming up for the Wolves. His name kept getting mentioned as the days got closer to the draft. So I wasn't surprised when it happened. It wasn't like a shocker. Um, I just probably would have went another direction. But at the same time, I think they got I think they got a player that can help them. I'm interested to see. <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> what his minutes look like playing next to Cat. Uh, you know, behind cat because cat's going to take up 36 or 40 minutes a game, you know? So like, what are you going to do? Are you going to just play him solely behind him? How much do you want to play those? Can they play together? together? Yeah. Yeah. I think offensively, they'll be able to play together as long as your other players are guys that can shoot the ball. You know, you're not going to play Vanderbilt and Kessler and cat together, obviously, but if you're playing, like any combination of Edwards, McDaniels, and then one of your point guards, you're going to be able to make it work offensively. I'm interested to see what it's like defensively and how, and if Kessler's able <clears throat> to play in any other type of scheme than just drop. Oh, I'm not right. counting on that, but anything that he could do would be an added bonus. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if we see this guy um, being able to switch out and, and guard on the perimeter, that'd be a, a great Even bonus. Even just a uh, little bit. Would just be, a little bit, you know, just yeah. a little bit. Um, but, you know, I think defensively, um, the presence of the body, um, yeah. rebounding, uh, rebounding is uh, something that we've we really talked about uh, throughout the season, uh, something that we felt the Wolves were were missing. Um, and, you know, hopefully he brings that added value when he gets his opportunity to play. Um, it would be interesting to see him and Cat on the floor at the same time. Um, I'm not one that likes to see 
two guys at that size on the floor right. at the same time. Um, they usually take up a lot of space, uh, but it'd be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. And the biggest thing we kind of mentioned already was his defense, but mostly his shot blocking. He averaged right. over four and a half blocks in college. And obviously he's not going to do that in the NBA, but that's a big time number of blocks to average in, in a season. So it was cool to see him just play that well and, and um, think about what that means for the Wolves. Cause I I'm thinking back, when's the last time the Wolves have had any big that could play defense like that? Like, <laughs> I can't think of one. We've had some good defenders, but not that type of defender. So I think that's going to be something that'll take a little bit of getting used to. Yeah. Well, long before you came around, we had a guy by the name of Luke Longley. Um, he could, he could man the middle a little bit. I was there. just seeing, uh, I just saw a Luke Longley uh, basketball card picture okay. online this morning. So Luke Longley is in my He's mind. In the right back of, yeah. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Walker brings to the team. Um, you know, it's going to, you know, first off being able to adapt to the, to the pro game. It's definitely a different game. Um, you know, talk about four shot, four block shots per game. Well, he can't stand in the middle of the lane like he could right. at college, um, yep. you know, so you got to be able to, you know, make multiple efforts to make multiple plays at this level. So it'll be a learning experience and it should be uh, fun to watch throughout the summer. Yeah, and I'm excited to just see what that looks like. Let's move on. You already mentioned his name once, but so the Wolves traded their 19th pick down and they got 22 and then 29, and then they traded up from 29 to 26. And at 26, they got Wendell Moore Jr. from Duke. He's six foot five wing player there. Um, what do you like about Moore as a as a player, offensively, defensively? And what do you think he could is he ready to first, play or where's he? What do you think? I mean, obviously nobody he's, knows, but he's body ready. Yeah. Um, you know, he's definitely body ready. Um, athletic, um, can shoot the ball, um, can finish at, finish at the rim. Um, you know, very athletic. So he's someone that I think uh, will compliment Ant. Um, you know, seeing if those two of those guys can play together, um, you know, on the floor and, uh, you know, I think he, he shot the ball pretty well at Duke. Uh, I think he, what was his, you know, his scoring average from last year? It's got to be 13. high teens. 4. Yeah, 13.4. 13. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, on a very good team. Um, you know, right. I think he'll come in and uh, be able to contribute. I think he, he can play on both sides of the ball. Um, and it would be really interesting. These Duke guys come in, they're, they're usually prepared to play. Yeah. Um, especially the guards, um, you know, it'll really be interesting to see where, what, what happens with him. Um, you know, I think he could be a sleeper, uh, you know, someone that you get late in the draft, like that's under the radar and, uh, comes in and, and contributes, uh, to the team. And I think he's, I mean, he's only six, five, so he's not like big to the point where it's like, you want to play him solely as like a small forward, you probably play him some just at the two and at the three, but he does have over a seven foot wingspan at six foot five. So he's got even <laughs> more length than, than ant does. So that part is um, that will help him too. He's not, so that'll help him be able to guard, you know, bigger wing players too. The thing I like about more is his passing. Actually, I think he's a really good passer. I think he averaged like four, four and a half assists at Duke last year. And the Wolves need, because I think they're going to get to a point where it's going to be times when Anthony Edwards is the primary ball handler, oh, yeah. initiator on the floor. 
So if you have him, you're going to want somebody next to him that can also play make a little bit, but isn't right. necessarily a point guard. And I think Wendell Moore could do that because of his ability to pass and not be a ball dominant, you know, initiator, but just to have that secondary uh, playmaking skill would be great if you have Anthony Edwards more so on the ball and playmaking too. So I like the fit there. And like you said, defensively, I think he's, he's going to be ready to guard in the NBA. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, a great defender, but I think he's going to be a good defender, which the wolves just need some good wing defenders as well. So I like that pick that pick. I liked more. I didn't know a lot about Wendell Moore. I'll be honest. I didn't follow the draft as much this year as I had the last two seasons, just because last year, the wolves coming up to the draft lottery, it was like, are they going to keep their pickers? They're picking to go to golden state. So you're kind of looking at people cause you could get a decent pick still. And then for um, the year before, I mean, obviously we had the number one pick, so I'm all in there trying to figure out who we can take mm-hmm. and all of all that. So this year I wasn't as big into it. I've just been busier. They had a lower pick. I didn't really know. So I'm kind of trusting that the guys in the front office know what they're doing. (laughs) They haven't given me a reason not to. I mean, like we've said before, Conley's found a lot of great players in the draft. Chris Finch has so far been a really great coach. So I'm sure he had a lot of input into the guys that are going to fit in his system. Um, So I'm going to trust them there, but the Wendell Moore pick, I, I did like that pick. And, and like you said, um, Duke players, a lot of times they come in and they're, they're able to play right away. So I think that that pick was a good one. Yeah. And I think, I think the biggest thing, um, you know, you said about the passing, but um, if he's playing off the ball, is he going to be able to knock down shots? Um, You know, and that's, you know, that's that thing you go into, into the league now. And, you know, this is your job. Your focus is to make sure you're that knockdown shooter, Um, you know, get yourself on the court, uh, uh, be an asset uh, to the team and help us out. Yeah. And to be, to be fair, he he did shoot the ball really well last year. Right. He had a lot of improvement his freshman year. He only shot like 21% from three. Then he went to 30% his sophomore year. And then his junior year, he shot 41%. And then in the corners, he shot 45% at Duke, which is and great because the corner shots the same distance in NBA. Or maybe it's a little bit different, but it's not different. as much as the anything above the arc. So, yeah. I Percentages, think that, it's the best right. shot. Yeah. <laughs> Percentages. And the Wolves need another wing that can hit corner threes. Jaden McDaniels can be really hot sometimes and, and knock him down. And then sometimes he's ice cold. He doesn't have um, a great shooting percentage. So to have another wing that's able to defend, but also hit hit threes is going to be, I think, a big step for this team. We'll see how ready he is to play um, on both ends. But I'm excited for what he potentially could be for the Wolves. Older draft pick, too. I yeah. like these older draft picks. It is both of these players. <laughs> yes. I saw someone tweet this. They're like within a month of Anthony Edwards. Okay. And I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but that also highlights just how young Anthony Edwards is. Is right. That he's played two full seasons and, and is around <laughs> the same exact age as the two first round draft picks you're bringing in. So I think that I don't mind drafting older players. A lot of times they're more ready to, to contribute oh, right agree. away. And the I Wolves are looking. You for players that are ready players is you're trying to get home court advantage in the playoffs. And, you know, a lot of those, you know, if you draft Nikola Jovich, he's probably not going to help you get home court advantage this season. Now he might end up being a better player down the road, but he's not helping you as much this year. So I do, I do like um, the way that they approach this draft. Let's talk about the third pick because I think that guy 
is the one that's, I don't want to say the most interesting, but he probably fits the mold of a player that I would have drafted had I been in charge. That big, lanky, lanky, power forward, athletic type of build. He didn't average a lot of points, a lot of rebounds, a lot of assists in college. He really didn't even play that much. He only 15 minutes a game, only started a handful of games, six points, didn't shoot the ball very well. But he's kind of like that Jared Vanderbilt where he's energy, he's defense, and he's very athletic. And I think that's a good upside pick. He's I don't think he's going to really play much for the Wolves this season. I think he's going to spend a lot of time in the G League trying to develop his skills. What would you think of Josh Minot's game there? And he yeah, I, took him at pick 45. So it's you didn't spend a lot to get him. Yeah, I think you 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 hit it uh, right there on the head when you said that you know his upside is I think what what we're looking at um, you know let him get into the into the G League um, get his feet wet uh, understand the game you know you know it's back it up first we let him get into the summer league and see what he what he does out there in the summer league and then uh, make the decision from there but you know an athletic wing with size and length um you know it's it's something that's needed in the nba um you know to compete um at the level you know trying to win championships you got to have guys that can guard these <laughs> the new hybrid wing at 7 foot or 611 um that's able to handle ball shoot the ball and and score off the dribble so again another um you know asset uh great length as we said um, and, a, and a very, very big upside. And uh, hopefully he's, he's ready, you know, didn't get a lot of time at Memphis, as you said, uh, but played for an NBA player and Penny Hardaway um, on his staff. He had Larry Brown, you know, <laughs> the former NBA coach. Uh, so I'm sure that, uh, you know, he's, he has a lot of the intangibles that that'll be needed uh, to play. And it's, it's interesting when you think about players that are playing that limited of minutes, we think, well, he only averaged six points. Well, when he only played 15 minutes a game, if you kind of, and it doesn't Break work it like this, but if you like make it per 36, if you multiply those stats as if he's playing more minutes, then, you know, he's like 16 points a game and he's at like eight rebounds a game. And then you're thinking maybe he right. does. So like, maybe he is an okay rebounder. You just don't see that in the stats because he's not playing a lot, but also there's a reason he's probably not playing a lot. But like you said, Athletic wings is one of the biggest things in the NBA. Obviously, guys that can guard multiple positions have been shown to be huge. Andrew Wiggins was huge in the NBA Finals, and everybody's going to need guys like that. So you hope that he can develop into something at some point, but um, I don't think this is a pick that they're banking. I'm sure he won't. He'll probably be on a two-way contract, if I had to guess, right? because the Wolves just don't have a lot of roster spots. Um, But I did like that pick. I would have rather had the Wolves not trade that pick, and I would have taken EJ Liddell out of Ohio State because I think he's a player that probably could help you. But at the same point, if you can't have a roster spot for him, EJ Liddell's a guy you probably want on an NBA roster and not necessarily in the G League because he is an older player. He seems like a player that is kind of, I don't want to say he is what he is, but I don't see as much room for like drastic improvement. Probably doesn't have as high of ceiling as someone like my not. And then the wolves are probably thinking, well, let's get the guy with the higher ceiling, see if he can develop for a year or two right. and then see if he can help us down the road. So I would have rather still taken Liddell, but 
I mean, they and did like what they your, did. You like your Ohio State players, I see there, huh? You wanted Liddell, huh? <laughs> I, I wanted him. I didn't. I wasn't super high on Malachi Branham. I thought he was a right. fine player, but I wasn't somebody I was in love with for the Wolves. But yeah, Liddell was the guy I was really interested for the Wolves to try to get just someone that could be versatile, you know, at like a four spot. And right. the Wolves didn't really get anybody for that role necessarily for next season. But again, free agency is still going to happen. Trades are still going to happen. So the roster is not a final product. Um, but yeah, I did. Liddell was probably one of my favorite players. Not saying he was one of the best players, but like in that range for the Wolves. Something that you, like someone that you felt really complimented the team yeah. and would have been, would have been a good fit. There's a couple of guys like that, like Tari Eason. He didn't make it to our spot, but I would have loved him. Um, Jalen Williams, the first Jalen Williams, not the second Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. I would have liked him on the Wolves. There's a number of guys that I thought would have been great fits either on the wing or as like a four to play next to Towns. But again, other teams obviously value those guys and took them before the Wolves were able to do it too. So yeah, I let's just step back. Just look at the, well, let's talk about pick 50. Um, his name, I got to look up his name again. Mateo. 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 I couldn't remember his first name. Spagnolo. Spagnolo. He's from Italy and more than likely he's going to be a draft and stash type of player. He's a guard, uh, six foot four. He's I think 19 years old, 19 years old. Yep. And his thing is kind of like, he's a, Great playmaker, flashy, um, things like that. Struggles more on defense. Um, more than really the Ricky good Rubio. The really Ricky good Rubio. shooter, it seems to. Yeah, it's the I Ricky saw Rubio model. Mold. Somebody called him the Italian Ricky Rubio. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It seems kind of like another, not the same type of player as Balmero, because Balmero is more of a defense and athletic playmaker, right. where Spagnolo's seems to be more of a flashy and then playmaker with the shooting. So not the same type of player, but it's same idea of like, let's stash this guy overseas for a year or two, and then we'll bring him in, see if he can, can do anything. So obviously the Wolves weren't going to be able to fit in for first round picks. We or for draft picks. We knew that they were gonna have to either stash someone or make trades to draft less people. Um, I don't know enough about him to, Say if it was a good pick, bad pick. I heard some people like the pick that know a lot. They think he's been a really good player over in Europe, and we'll see what he looks like when he comes and if he ever does make it to the NBA. But uh, might as well say his name that way. Yeah, so he's he known. Is. We know he is. Um, yeah. He's out there. He's part of the team. He's part of the draft. Um, so let him be known. Um, and we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, he could – Stay, be stashed away for a few years and then come out, come over and we have the next Mono Ginobili or something. You never yeah, know. You, so you never know. <laughs> you um, never know. What are your overall feelings about the draft? How do you, I guess we could do, we got asked by the producers for the grade. So like, what do you, I'll throw my grade out quick. Cause I already sent it in. I don't know if you fully thought about yours. I gave the wolves a B minus. Okay. Just because I, I would have done a few different things and I probably would have approached it differently, but I didn't hate the things they did. And, and I hate to get, I want to put this out. I hate giving grades because we haven't seen these guys play. I haven't watched enough of these guys to really give a true grade, but I mean, the Walker Kessler pick, I wasn't super huge on and I go and I just look, I'm like, how do other people feel about it? I'm looking it up a plus here, a there. And I'm like, okay. So other people obviously feel, 
pretty good about it. I would have probably gone a different way. And that's probably why I lowered the grade a little bit. So how are you? Yeah, I, I was, I was looking more of like a, a B, a B with the, with the picks. Um, you know, I wasn't, I like the Kessler, the Kessler pick, you know, I think that, you know, we needed a bigger body. I like the more pick, um, you know, the more that we've talked about my not and his upside, um, you know, I, I like what they've done. Um, so it's, it's going to be a matter of seeing how, the players come in, um, and like you said, what like you said, which is which is really which is really great. Putting a grade on it early is is, is hard. Um, you want to see, you know, what these guys bring to the table. We know what they did at the college level, but let's see how they how they interact and how they react to the to the NBA game. You know, it's a totally different game. You know, but all in all, I, I like I like what uh what they're doing up there right now. I like what Tim Conley's done, and uh, looks looks good. Yeah, like. And the thing is, you look at it and you're like, they're dumb for making this move, whatever. Think back to even <laughs> just last year, the Raptors got <clears throat> a lot of people were super upset that they didn't take Jalen Suggs at pick four. They took Scotty Barnes. Well, look, Scotty Barnes is the rookie of the year. Jalen yeah. Suggs was, didn't have the best rookie year. So you never know until they actually start playing. And you still don't know. Like, you don't know. I mean, five years from now, so much can yes. change because players yes. blossom. Because, I mean... After the rookie year of Giannis, people probably weren't thinking he's going to be a multiple time MVP. And now he is. So things it's too, it's always too early to grade them, but everybody wants to know it. So I would have gone a different direction is, is why my grades a little bit lower, but I thought the trades they made. So maybe I should up the grade a little bit because I thought the value for the trades they made were good. We're good. You know, giving up not a lot to move up some spots and then drop down some spots to get some more assets, get that second first round pick. I thought those were decent moves. So yeah, I, overall, I, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm excited more. So I'm just excited to see what these type of players can bring before we go. I want to talk about the top end of the draft. Now the wolves didn't have a pick in the lottery. Um, certainly didn't have a pick in the top three heading into the draft. It had seemed like Jabari Smith jr. Was going <laughs> to go number one to Orlando Holmgren was going to go two, and Paolo Bancaro was going to go three to Houston just from all the reporting of everybody that kind of has that insider information. And then like the day before the draft, like that night going in the morning of Thursday, the, the first thing people noticed was the odds on like the Vegas betting websites were flipping like Bancaro now has the best odds to go one. And, and then it kind of went back and everybody's like, okay, Jabari Smith. And then right before the draft, it came out like Bancaro might be the one and then it did end up being Bancaro. I want to get your take on, on that, you know, the Jabari Smith versus the Bancaro. How are you feeling about those players? Do you think that Orlando made the right decision? It just seems like a weird Bancaro never even worked out with Orlando. So it's just not that workouts are the biggest thing, but I thought in my mind, looking at it early on, um, I really thought Smith was the best fit for Orlando. Um, and, you know, you know, Holmgren stayed second and I thought Ben Carroll was, was going to end up um, in Houston. Um, I don't know. I don't really don't know what happened with that. Uh, I swear I saw something come across the TV yesterday that even said that Orlando said they were picking Smith and right. Holmgren was second and, yeah. So then, you know, the, the draft comes on and they start talking about this and then, we, you know, we know how it how it panned out. But again, 
all three players are are outstanding players. Right. Um, I don't think you could have gone wrong um, with any of them anywhere. Uh, you know, Holmgren, he he stayed he stayed the course, and he ended up second, like it was like it was put out there to be. But it's going to be interesting to see how Smith reacts because he didn't look too happy. <laughs> yeah, he didn't look too happy. You know, when it happened. Uh, you know, he just fell to third, but it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they pan out, um, with their teams, but all in all, I thought, you know, the draft was good. Um, you know, those top five picks could have gone, um, anyway, uh, you know, so, uh, it was, it was, it was a good, it was a good, a good draft. And I, and I think everyone will be pleased as, as they move forward. Yeah. I actually, in my mock draft, I don't know if you saw it, I had Holmgren going number one. Okay. He's my favorite prospect. Part of it might be a little bit of Minnesota bias. I also yes, really you wanted have that to problem. see. I understand. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to see Holmgren and Suggs playing the NBA together. Cause I think that's just a fantastic oh. story. They played since they were in like sixth and seventh grade together, playing on the same AAU teams, playing high school basketball together. Obviously they're a year apart. So they both went to Gonzaga separate years, get drafted um, in the top five, each of them back-to-back years. I thought it would have been cool to see them play together, just like best friends, make it to the league. I think that's a cool story. Um, now, I think Bancaro and Smith probably fit better with Orlando and what they need to do, so I think that right. makes a little bit more sense. But I also think Holmgren's just a tantalizing prospect when you think about his size, his ability to shoot the ball, handle the ball. Athleticism. But also, yeah, and the tough thing is he obviously is undersized. Um, it was just a little, little thin. <laughs> but when I was, let me see, when they, when Suggs was a senior and Holmgren was a junior in high school, they played at the Target Center against, um, what is the name of that school? Where LeBron James' kid went. Oh, um, um, uh, Sierra Canyon. So they played yeah, Sierra, Sierra Canyon, Canyon Sierra at Canyon, the Target yes. Center. And Sierra Ken is obviously like top team in the nation. Right. They had uh, Zaire Williams and, and all these players. And Minnehaha beat them. Oh. Suggs and, and Holmgren beat them. And it was like the craziest game. Holmgren was blocking everything. And Holmgren was the best player in that game, period. Better than wow. Suggs, better than all those other players on Sierra Canyon that were supposedly like top players in the nation. Holmgren outplayed everybody. He was fantastic. And I just thought that was super cool to see that. So I was hoping they could get back together and play in the league. But um, I totally get why why Orlando went the other way. I, too, was surprised about the Paolo Bancaro thing. Um, but I do get it when you're 6'10", 250, you're built. I mean, Jabari sure. Smith's got good size, too. Uh, but Bancaro is also just... Hugh, you know, he's got 30 pounds on Jabari Smith. So that part, I could totally see why they, why the magic wanted him. But yeah, I thought that it was a cool, cool moment to see um, Bankero go from thinking he's third to jumping up to one. I think that's kind of a cool moment too. So I don't, I don't think they could have made a wrong choice. Like you said, I think those top three, it's like, you're getting a really good player regardless. How about that necklace he had on? My yeah. God, man. The what was, oh, man. Did it, say, was, did it say P5 on it? P5, right? Yeah. That's what that I was his number, Paolo so, 5, I'm guessing. Five, yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, so it was, 
It caught my eye. Woo, it man. seemed like he had spent some of his uh, rookie check already <laughs> uh, to get that necklace. So, yeah, yeah I, that mean, I, was, thought the, I thought the suit caught my eye, but that necklace. Yeah, the was suit, like, I don't know what the suit had. Yeah, so it was had interesting. It. I always like seeing the suits and stuff that come yes. out on draft night because some guys get really creative with it. I, I always just remember when Trey Young wore the shorts on draft night suit jacket with the shorts. That shorts. one a little too. I don't know. That wasn't my style. Um, actually, none of those are my style because I couldn't pull any of those. <laughs> style. But totally, that's another fun part of the draft is seeing what guys show up in. I also wanted to talk about one more thing. Jaden Ivey is a uh-huh. player that a lot of people um, thought would go for, but it mm-hmm. seemed like, I don't know if Ivey told Sacramento not to draft him or, or something happened there. But Ivy ended up going to Detroit. How do you? I think that's an interesting fit with with Cade. Obviously, they're both primary guards, but they're played totally different. What? Just real quick, what do you think of that fit there? Yeah, I thought I thought I like what Detroit did. Um, you know, um, putting him there. Um, you know, at, at the someone handling the ball uh, other than Cunningham. Um, I heard somewhere where Cunningham's not. You know, he really can't be in ball screens that much. He really is yeah. not about playing downhill. Um, then you have my Villanova guy, Sadiq Bay, on that team as well, yeah. you know, with Cunningham. So I think that they're building a really nice nucleus, um, you know, really nice backcourt there. Um, I think that Detroit's going to be uh, a team to reckon with. And then I also think they got Jalen Durant, right? Didn't he end up there? They got Jalen Durant, yes. Yeah, he ended yep. up there too. So, um, you know, they're, they're really going, they're really building their team through the draft. Yeah. Um, and they're 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 doing a good job with some with some really good players right there. And, and I'll be interested know, that, to see if they get Aiton or Bridges or someone because they got some cap space to work with after trade right. away Jeremy Graham. I'm interested to see if they target Aiton or or uh, Miles Bridges there to try to fill out that roster. I don't know about Aiton now that they got Duran though, so maybe they're going after right. Bridges or maybe they're just fine and they just want to develop a little bit too. I don't know. But it was it's going to be interesting to see because they they do they have they have some really young really good young talent on that yeah. on that team and uh, you know see you know Cunningham's game really picked up after he came back from the ankle injuries and everything last year and it picked up towards the end of the season yep. so uh, you know they they have a really um, bright upside there with that with that team um, with their players so it'll be really interesting to see. I really like the Ivy I liked Ivy's just his emotion though that he, he last night. Reminds- who does he remind you of? Oh, I, a little bit of Westbrook and yeah. a little bit of Jaw. Yeah, and um, it's, isn't it, <laughs> I've watched some clips where they put like a Jaw play right next to an Ivy play and their right. athleticism, how do they get to the rim and the way they can just dunk from wherever. It's really similar. So if well, Ivy, yeah, I'm not saying he's going to be Jaw, but he, if he's like even a just a tuned down version of Jaw, that's a fantastic player in the league. A fantastic well, you know his, player. His, His mother coached, coached Ja. Yeah. 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 So she she coached him. Um, so you know, I'm sure they've they've worked out together. I'm sure yeah. there's uh, you know, some some similarities in their games. Um, you know, I'm sure Jaden was really watching Ja when he was working with him. Right. So and um, he also you know, Jaden seems like a really great kid i mean his yes. interview afterwards, he was, oh, was so this, emotional. Was some, yeah, the but emotion he, was just unbelievable. Yeah, so I'm excited. That's probably the one I'm most excited for to see how that works out. Um, I really like Jaden Ivey. So I'm interested to see how that works out, but I think it's all the time we got. I got to get to practice. Yeah. Coach go get them. 
Um, <laughs> I like coaching them young ladies. It's good. It's good. We got, we got summer league going on. We got a tournament Beautiful. on Tuesday. So we're, we're rocking Beautiful. and rolling. So yeah. But anyways, yeah. thank you, Doug, for getting up early. I mean, it's earlier for me than it's for you. But yeah. Thank you for getting up early. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm done with summer school now. So I got more time kind yeah. of, but basketball is taking up a little bit, but Anyways, thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the Believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by Bet Online. I'm your host, Brendan Heckey. He's Doug West, and we should be back soon. Peace out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.